everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Theanos to Theos, a podcast for youth and student workers committed to reaching teens with the gospel, featuring conversations ranging from comics and culture to theology and youth ministry. Theanos to Theos is part of the Rooted Family of Podcasts, which also includes Ask Alice, the Rooted Parent Podcast, the Rooted Youth Ministry Podcast, and the Rooted Conference Podcast for all conference content. Rooted Ministries focus on advancing gospel-centered youth ministry, so if you want to learn more, check out the website rootedministry.com. I'm one of your hosts, Clark Phobes. Here are my co-hosts. I'm Mike McGarry. And I'm Kevin Yee. Well, welcome back to another episode. It has been a little bit, but, you know, this has kind of become our MO where we just, uh, you know, we do what we want. Uh, we're the hosts, so... Yeah! We can do whatever we want. <laughs> um, but we are still committed to putting out these episodes at after major at least MCU properties and events. So uh, we are here today to discuss the blockbuster film, Ant-Man and Question the Wasp. The, the, the blockbuster start of Phase 5. The start of Phase 5, the first movie of 2023, the first MCU project of 2023. Uh, so we're back with a... Hot take on Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Three weeks after it's been released. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Although it gives us a little bit more time to... It's a um, warm yes. take. It's this a hot is, take yes. that's been sitting under the heat lamp for a bit. No, this is a balanced... This is a balanced... It's a well-aged take. So, okay, so we were talking about this before we dive in how... Usually we do these, like, the week of release or the day of the release sometimes because we'll watch it, like, Thursday night, Friday morning, and we'll record immediately after watching it. There's a lot of hype. There's often a lot of excitement because we just saw the latest in the MCU. And um, does that bloat our Infinity Stone rankings, ratings? Man, we're so bloated. And our reviews? (laughs) Or are we just true MCU hype fans? I mean, I just know the way that I'm going to rank Quantumania is quite different today from if we recorded within a few days of watching the movie (laughs) okay because i i enjoyed it spoiler i enjoyed it a lot more in the moment and then the more i think about this movie the more i'm like well (laughs) what about and what about that and this didn't make any sense wait wait a second i think this movie was hot garbage so (laughs) yeah it's my ranking it's my like ranking eating today a delicious be... cake that gave you food poisoning later. Um, yeah, yeah. I have I have quantum poisoning. <laughs> Gosh, I don't see. I don't. I don't think I was looking back at some of my no, other ratings. You were just angry coming out. I was of the just angry. <laughs> the like. <laughs> I don't think it would have changed a thing for me. So, I, yeah. Kevin definitely uh, has been known to bloat his ratings <laughs> immediately just, after. Just, wa- just walking out after that first showing, I'm like feeling so good about everything. And then a couple weeks later, like, mm, it wasn't all that great. Well, and then I finally watched it, and then we got to talking because it took me a while to watch it this time around. So, well, so let's dive in here. Um, initial impressions, we kind of already started that, but... Uh, the the Rotten Tomatoes reviews were not favorable going into the movie. It was, I think, the second lowest rated MCU film ever. Yeah. No, but right? do you like, guys actually pay attention to that? Like, do you actually I, value I, I do. that? I, I do. I do. I I know. Maybe I shouldn't, but I do because it helps me temper my expectations going into a movie. Because <laughs> I'm just hyped up for every MCU film, regardless. Like I am going to be. Yeah. I'm just a sucker like that. And then when I see these ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, it will either confirm my hype or help me to reel it back a little bit and not be uh, disappointed, overly disappointed. Yeah. Although I got to say, even with that, I was pretty disappointed in this film. (laughs) But I think, though, that that speaks to... So, like, I don't pay attention to Rotten Tomatoes, but I will check out what people are saying after, like, the premiere of the film. And generally speaking, with MCU movies, after the premiere, people tend to be pretty enthusiastic about them. Because I do think that the movie-going experience of the premiere lends itself towards the hype. You know? And so, I think that's why I do enjoy watching these movies, like, 
the moment they come out because that's when the audience is enjoying them the most. And there's something yeah. about that experience that I do so think how much, elevates movies how much a little bit. does your experience the intangible? Yeah. 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 It's kind of like No Way Home. I mean, those those clips of those people cheering in the theater and stuff. I mean, or even Endgame, right? Like those those kinds of audience reactions is not very common outside of I think the MCU movies. And so there's something about being able to experience that that I think yeah. lends itself towards the hype. So when I walk out of these movies, I'm not thinking necessarily about all the plot holes and goodness, there are plot holes aplenty in this movie. Ooh, yes. uh, but I'm just thinking about like how fun it was to watch it with this the particular crowd or whatever. So yeah, it's it's different. All right, Kevin. So do you want to share your Infinity Stone rankings first? Um, yeah. Okay. I'll go first. Um, all right. Here we go. So and then we'll tear apart the movie <laughs> based on why we no, nope. and then it. we'll explain. Yeah, we'll okay. explain. Okay. All right. So plot we'll and storyline. Our rankings. <laughs> plot and storyline. I gave half a stone. Character development. I gave zero. And I think that's that's where this movie falls flat for me because I actually watched Ant-Man 1 and 2 like right before this. And I think that also got me really amped up to want to see where these characters were going to go. Yeah. And turns out, nowhere. Um, yep. The movie starts in a room and the movie ends in that room. There's no zero no one, development. No one's come to very much development. Yeah. Um, action in VFX, uh, honestly, it was just like a giant it was like thor like it just looked bad yeah. i think as a yeah. whole um so i gave so that, a that a zero wow. yeah wow. and then the way the way kane gets taken down um at the end oh. uh ants 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 um yeah not 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 the best um mcu connection i did give it a one because i do think that it sets up uh some interesting things for kane going forward um theos connection i gave it a 0.5 um, cause I do think that there's some things that we can talk about, but again, <laughs> as a whole, the movie's fairly disappointing. And then a wow factor is definitely a zero. So, so what are you in? A total uh, of two. Wow. That may be it's, your lowest rating it ever. It might be my lowest rating. Was Eternals lower for you? I think Eternals was also a two or uh, Eternals 2. you gave a 1.5. 1.5. Okay. Oh, well, there okay, it is. Okay. I agree with Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Wow, okay. Wow, that's strong. All right, Mike. Um, all right, so I am almost the same as Kevin. Um, I gave it half a stone for a plot and storyline because uh, there was just no consequence, really, to anything in this movie. Um, yeah. So that was like, okay. Yeah. Um, character development, zero. Um, action VFX, I gave it half a stone just because there's just the sheer amount of VFX that they had to do. So yeah. I at least got to respect that. It's still just uh, too Now you're much. making me feel it bad. still too much. <laughs> um, it's not saying, I'm not saying that the people behind the scenes didn't work hard. <laughs> we value the VFX industry. <laughs> um, I'm more respectful to them. So I would just like to say... <laughs> Good effort. Um, for MCU connection, definitely a one. It was the you know pretty clearly the most interconnected um, thing so far since Endgame. And for Theos connection and Wow Factor, I gave both those half a stone. So, wow, you gave it higher than Kevin. I gave it higher than Kevin. Yeah, that's amazing. You gave it a three. I mean, I'm willing to revise mine to give it a two point five for the VFX artists, you know, but. Let's not change it. Just leave it. <laughs> so, yeah. How did this right. happen? Wow, that's I, that's I, I amazing. Know. That is amazing. I'm so shocked right now. <laughs> I mean, the wow factor. If I could give it a a point two five, I would <laughs> just round down. But man. I, it's zero. I I just I can't give it nothing just because. Oh well, I gave so it. It's nothing, it's a so. it's a generous three. I'll that's I'll admit. A very it's, it's a generous it's a generous three. Okay. I mean, if there was if there was a how how great is Paul Rudd in this movie category, <laughs> I'd give it an extra point. <laughs> maybe, maybe you know what? All right, here's my spin. 
my wow is wow, what a brilliant waste of Paul Rudd. That's my that's my wow. I'm I'm amazed that a movie starring Paul Rudd was this. I mediocre. I agree with you. I agree um, with you. I also thought Michelle Pfeiffer was wonderful in this movie. I thought she was. She did well. I yeah. thought she was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, she did. Yeah, I mean the individual performances were fine, but I think I mean, her character was still lacking. Yes, but I think her yes. performance was great. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, well I'm zeros wow. all the way down. <laughs> I, I I I debated that. I did not though. So plot and storyline again, I gave it a half stone as well. Um, character development zero. There was zero progression for anyone even kang because the one kang we see dies so there's no development there um action visual effects i did give it half a stone because they tried (laughs) (laughs) i just because the whole world is visual effects and it didn't look like horrible um although i gotta say freaking modok i just like laughed every time (laughs) he was on screen he looks so ridiculous okay i kind of loved modok i i kind of love modok Modoc's supposed it. to be yeah, he's supposed that's to be gross. supposed to be uh, your, respo- your response. Yeah, he's you're not supposed yes. to look at Modoc and be like, oh, that looks really cool. Like you're supposed to think, <laughs> what is that? I guess because in the comics he's not such a loser. Like, but on screen they made him look like an Instagram filter gone wrong. <laughs> I, was Which is really, exactly what I loved about it. It was really it was disturbing. so campy and stupid. It was very stupid. So I gave it a half. The action was really lacking. Um, I don't know if there's a single action sequence that wowed me in this movie that I thought was well choreographed. Yeah. Uh, MCU connection. I did give it a one just because it does finally introduce us to Kang in the way we're going to see. But I'll explain later. I was still disappointed in it. I just, but I had to give it a one. And then Theos and Wow are both zeros for me. So I'm all in at also a two, uh, like Kevin. So, so that puts us uh, total at uh, where are we at? About a 2.5. So you gave it a zero for character development, Theos, and, a, and, and wow? wow factor. Yep. Nothing for Theos either, huh? No. Wow. No, I just didn't. Uh, maybe you guys convinced me otherwise, but I just did. I didn't come away thinking there was much to think through. Like it just felt like a mindless, stupid movie to me, <laughs> uh, with plot holes galore. <laughs> and it wasn't even a mindless, fun movie like like Michael Bay movies are. <laughs> it was just all spectacle. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, so let's talk about this. Why? Why is this rated as one of our lowest uh, MCU films? Okay, today? Can, can I start with just how messy the movie is in terms of the character development? Okay, yes, go. Okay, please. so I recently watched Toy Story four with my kids, and Toy Story four has a ton of characters in it. Like if you think about like how many characters over that franchise they've added. You know, in the beginning you're just focused on Woody and Buzz, and then it just the second movie adds Jesse, and the third adds the you know lots of and, and all this development for all these different characters. But because there's each per person and character has like a specific arc, like they there's growth, they have a trajectory. Um, even in Toy Story four, everyone has their own mini arcs. So it feels like their stories are complete as you go through. And there's a ton. There's probably like seven or eight different characters that have a mini arc. In Ant-Man, it's it, this movie is so hard to figure out what everyone's arc is supposed to be. Because if you think about it from Cassie's perspective, so she's trying to, uh, you know, make a difference, right? So because of the blip, um, and actually I was really uh, thrown off by that for whatever reason. I just figured in Phase Five they wouldn't mention that, but the fact that they're still dealing with it, I thought that was interesting. I think that's actually a good thing, and I was hoping that the Disney Plus shows would deal more with the aftermath of that. But really, after Falcon and Winter Soldier, you don't really have too much um, of that. But so you have Cassie, who's like. You know, going to jail multiple times because she's trying to help people and all this stuff. And at the end of the movie, it's like, what has she really learned? And it's like, it, not nothing really, right? Um, she still has the same heart to do that. Like, she's a device that's used actually specifically for the sake of Paul Rudd's character, yeah. Scott Lang, to make that journey of understanding that you've got to help 
people that you know wherever you are um and then michelle pfeiffer's character i don't i'm very confused as to what her arc is supposed to be because the entire time she's just like i can't tell you i can't tell you what's going on i can't tell you too scared yes yeah i can't there's not enough time for me to tell you but i can tell you right now i can use all this time to tell you that i can't tell you (laughs) and then like just the entire movie well then by the end it's like you should have told us yeah you're right yeah exactly (laughs) and the story yeah i was like what the and then uh hank pym doesn't have an arc um, zero arc. He's zero like, he arc. literally has prop. nothing. No, he does nothing except get used except to touching. Except bring the ants. Yeah, except get used to touching weird things, you know. And then bring the ants in the end. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, Hope has nothing to do either. Uh, she, the only reason she's there is to question her mom and say, "Mom, you got to tell me what's going on." And for her mom to say, <laughs> "No, no, I'm not going to tell you." And then save Paul Rudd in the end. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which should have been Cassie. You know, if for their character arc. I, I thought arc, that should have been Cassie for Yeah, I think arc. for a character arc perspective. But then again, you give Hope nothing. Yeah, that's you true. Know? And she, Cassie, I can't nothing. stand Hope. She, what? I just, I Dude, she's cool. No, she is lame. Cassie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Cassie's just a dumb kid. Every kid of these Avengers always gets everyone ruined in a debacle, and then they don't help fix it. Like, uh. the kids are just stupid. Get off my lawn, says Clark. <laughs> <laughs> I hate these kids, yeah. man. These young Avengers. Clark can't hey, wait for you, the young ministry. Avengers movie. I can't wait for them to all get killed by <laughs> Kang. Oh my gosh. Like, that's the only way the Kang darkest, will have the any gravitas. <laughs> and then I'll be happy. And then they can avenge. The Avengers can actually avenge. And that's it for the MCU. <laughs> yeah. So this no movie is it's just messy because you're just trying to set up, you know, the young Avengers. And then there's also the side characters that they get introduced to, um, you know, like the Holes guy, uh, the revolutionary Who's uh, like leader. a Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Jar Jar Binks bit. character. A little He's bit. He's only in there for comedic relief. Yeah. And then Cheaty from uh, The Good Place. <laughs> yeah, the Good yep. Place Cheaty. Yep. I, I was just like, I was so looking forward to his character doing something. But yeah. again, like he's he's there for comedy and it works that's on it. that level. But that it. was it. And I was like, yeah. man, what a what a waste. Yeah. What a waste. Um, Jonathan Major's Kang. I mean, this Kang obviously is different from the one who remains from Loki. And uh, again, same thing. I think he's a phenomenal actor. But uh, I, I don't know what the growth is there. I don't know what we're supposed to be necessarily scared of. Um, you know, so, yeah. Well, and that was, so that- to me, that was the biggest issue with this film and why I begrudgingly gave the MCU Connection a one because, because of the multiverse now, they can just kill off characters like it's nothing and then bring them back in from another multiverse with zero consequences other than just the multiversal crossing. And that's where I just felt like this was such a, to me, it was a waste of Kang the Conqueror because Kang the Conqueror is supposed to be the main Kang in the comic storyline that they go up against. The scariest well, one, yeah. Yeah, and we don't know. I guess he could come back. The way they you know, off him in the movie is kind of ambiguous, but it's also kind of like, wait, that's it? Like Kang the Conqueror who's conquered millions and or thousands of galaxies and multiverses got beat by ants and then he got beat by super Hope evolved ants <laughs> like okay that there, had there their just... development happened off screen <laughs> off screen and yeah. was explained in like a 15 second thing in, from one, in one line like okay yeah. i'm supposed to believe you okay <laughs> like that's what was just it just really cheapens kang where i felt like they were building this like weight and like ferocity of who kang is through the movie but then by just killing him off like that, like I have no reason to be afraid of him now. Um, I have no reason to think he's a force to be reckoned with because even though he says he's defeated every group of Avengers, well, apparently they didn't have these evolved ants from an Ant-Man who could defeat him. So it just really felt like they really cheapened the villain in this one. Whereas like with the whole Infinity Saga with Thanos, it's the same Thanos until, until uh, Endgame. And you see him like grow and develop and like you get more and more afraid of him as the movies go on because he's the same character in the background. And we're just not going to get that now with, um, with the Kang storyline. So is Ant-Man the new Batman who is like just a dude, but he's got some really cool toys. 
No. So give him the like ants. the answer of the new Batman. Well, his suit and like the device that lets him con- like talk to the ants, right? <laughs> but like he's just a dude with some cool toys, and now like he can defeat King the Conqueror single handedly because he, he has enough time to prepare. Yeah, single handedly he can defeat him. Apparently, yeah. I was just like, there's zero reason why Ant Man should be able to defeat King the Conqueror alone. Which like, is yeah. which I is... have I have no fear. Of this king, yeah. If if he's going to be defeated by Ant Man, yes, yeah, yes, and yeah. that's the problem. I think like that. How are they going to build up to a whole Avengers assembling to defeat a character who supposedly the worst of them was single handedly beat by old Ant Man? You know what the movie felt like? <laughs> the movie felt like just... one of those um, Halloween chocolate bunnies. That you would get when you were a kid, that you'd like. Oh my gosh, this thing looks awesome because it's and like a it really it's hollow. <laughs> it's like just a really big chocolate bunny, and not only is it hollow, it's like gross chocolate. It's bad chocolate, <laughs> like it's not even good chocolate. It just has a cool it has a cool tin it has a cool tin foil wrapper that makes it look. Oh, this is gonna be great. And then it's hollow bad chocolate. That's what that's what this movie. Felt After like, biting off one ear, you just throw it away because you can't stomach yeah. it anymore. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, and I think so. This movie we rated it higher than Eternals, but it's there. This movie had more writing on it than Eternals, so I think that's why I'm more angry and disappointed. Well, I, and I Eternals think... could just not have ever happened and yeah, would have zero it's... consequence. At least this well, will have a consequence. In the broader MCU, and it is interconnected. Right. I mean, but, but, but we it still only feels think like that, it has no way. Wait, wait, wait. But we only think it has a broader consequence because they told us. Like, if you didn't know that Secret Wars was coming or Kang Dynasty was coming, I mean, Kang the Conqueror died at the end of this movie. I mean, yeah, you get to see in the post credit scene, like all the Kangs and stuff, and you're, oh, okay, he'll be back. But it's not like. It's not like you're if if they didn't tell us that Kang was going to be the main villain for you know phase four five six, I don't know that we'd be sitting here talking about this. Do you know what I mean? I think I would be though because I would still even if we didn't know it was Kang, I would still be wondering where is all this headed. Yeah, and yeah. So, so far, I, yeah. So that's there's the no problem. it's not you get more clarity from this movie, right? Yeah. And I think because of the way that the marketing was, like, this is the beginning of Phase 5, this is the introduction of Kang the Conqueror, I think I had Infinity War level of expectations. Like, I kind of was thinking, oh, "Oh, no, they're going to... Well, well, no, but I was like... (laughs) Yeah, that'd be a huge disappointment. I think they're going to go dark, right? Like, I think there's so many characters they're introducing in this, like, someone has to die. Like, this, that's the only way you set up Kang to be like this uh, incredible villain because Thanos' introduction was he beat up the Hulk. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then he, you know, actually won at the end of Infinity War. I mean, just remember how that movie ended. Like everyone in the theater was just like, what just happened? Like you can't end like this. Yeah. Yeah. Like we've still never seen, we've still never seen Kang kill anyone who isn't like a total side character. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know if he needed to kill someone. I just think, like, there needed to be some continuity after this film. Even if it's, like, they somehow defeat him initially, but, like, or he gets away, you know, where where it's kind of hanging in the balance. You don't know what's going to happen. But there was no question after. It's like, okay, they defeated him pretty easy. Like, even if he comes back, just do the same thing. Use those ants again. Like, what's to prevent you from doing that again? Um It's just like there is zero, there's zero like question beyond this film. And there's that short period where Ant-Man's narrating to himself, Paul Rudd. He's like, wait, did we do the right thing? Ant-Man said he's going to stop what's coming. So is what's coming worse? And there's that really brief throwaway moment where the music changes, you know, but then it just goes back to the happy ending and we see what the worst is. It's just more Kang's. So I I'm, I just was not convinced at all that this movie even really mattered to... Like, this movie, in my opinion, didn't really need to happen outside of just Kang the Conqueror dying um, to rally the other Kangs. Like, that's the only ramification for what's going to come in the future. So I, I just think the MCU has this problem now where they don't know how to connect their films again 
because they're all trying to establish these separate isolated storylines, but nothing seems that connected anymore outside of their what they're pitching as the overarching storyline of Kang, and yet even that is falling flat. Okay, so we talked about character <laughs> development. Like it's just okay, bad we, storytelling. Like we got to talk about the storytelling yeah. and the plot holes because yeah. there were a lot of them. <laughs> There's a lot of plot holes in this. <laughs> okay, so Ant-Man one establishes that you can just grow big and get out of the quantum realm. Exactly. Right? <laughs> I mean, that was a big point of Ant-Man That's one. Plot hole number one, <laughs> biggest. Like, wait, you guys have these discs all over you. Why can't you just send someone back? Send Cassie back with the embiggen, whatever, the growing one. Boom, you're all saved. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, that's not how it works anymore. I guess not. Yeah. And then Ant-Man 2 established that the quantum realm looks a certain way. Like, it was all, like, distorted, and it was all, like, really crazy looking. And then all of a sudden, in Ant-Man 3, it's just, like, any other... You know, it could have been a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, for all we care, you know? Like, yeah. It's just like It's just like a planet. Yeah. It's just a planet. And what are the chances that... in? I mean, because you're supposed to be smaller than, like, atoms or whatever... And like, how is it that anyone's able to find anybody in the quantum realm? I, they don't explain any of that stuff. I mean, which I guess is fine. You know, you're just lost forever. But yeah, where do you where do you where do you get the materials to build all these cities? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, how does that happen? I, I did <laughs> one plot hole that doesn't happen that doesn't exist is how is everyone able to understand each other? And I love that he had to like they drink the goo. Drink the goo. They, they just drink understand the English. Goo. And I was like, okay, that's clever. I can I can deal with that kind of stuff. That was like a dumb thing, but it was it was believable. Yeah, it worked for me. It worked, it worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> the other man, the other thing that I just had issues with was this whole time, at least especially with the Infinity Saga. The reason we had Infinity War and Endgame was because time works differently in the quantum realm, right? That's been the catchphrase the whole time, right? That's how they manipulated its time travel. But then we come to find that uh, Janet Van Dyne was there for 30 years, and that was literally 30 years in in Earth time. They're down there for, what, like a day? That's literally just a day in Earth time. And yet uh, it's a thousand years for the ants who also came down with them ex- at the same time. Exactly. And and then also you have Ant-Man who's stuck in the quantum realm for five hours, but that's five years all of a sudden. So they're just like, they're just doing whatever the heck they want with the quantum realm to fit their agenda. And then the when they return back home, it's they just come back whenever they just come back as if nothing happened like Like, how did how could kang be such a conqueror and they have all this amazing technology in the quantum realm and they can't recreate pin particles like or that like they can't create their own pin particles or anything else similar back to get back how how can they create like they had, if they had Derek there, who understands pin particles and how they work, he he could have done that, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> how could they identify Cassie's beacon, and then they Not can use that portal to get, get back out. home? But all this time, they couldn't use the portal. Like the people, <laughs> Kane couldn't just be like, oh. Cool, a portal. Like, I, there's just so many questions, and maybe I'm just missing something. But I know what I'm missing. I, Luis, where was Luis, man? Yes. Luis. Yeah. Yeah. There was a. They can't split, bring him with them in the quantum realm. There was a split second thing of um, Randall Park. You yeah, did Jimmy. see. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy yeah. Woo for a split second. Yeah. But no, Luis. That just felt. That felt wrong. It was wrong. Yeah. Justice for Luis. <laughs> Make the hashtag go. But do you know what's funny? I think the biggest problem I have is actually the fact that um, Janet Pym never said anything about what was going on in the quantum realm during the entire time. So after the events of Ant-Man 2, right? After, and after all that stuff, you would think that she would say like, oh, this is what happened while I was down there for 30 years. And, you know, they try to explain it away by saying, like, oh, it's because it was so traumatic or whatever. But, again, with with movies like this, you can't just say those things. You really have to show that. 
Like they could have had an entire prologue leading up to that, you know, of like maybe Janet is having these nightmares or something and she just not everything's okay or whatever. It's just something that tells us that she's been wrestling with something this entire time versus just like the happy ending that we get, you know, and then that's kind of it. And then now all of a sudden you're thrust into the situation where she's been hiding this all this time. Yeah. 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 And we know like, Michelle Pfeiffer is capable of so much. Like that that quiet scene where they're figure uh, where Kang and um, Janet are figuring out like how to repair the power core, uh-huh. and then they're outside of her like camp and they're just talking about themselves and like what they're hoping for and stuff. Like that was such a beautiful scene. And like so, you know what these people are capable of in terms of like the acting and the the pathos and all that. But outside of that, I mean, there was just nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think moments like that, you kind of have to earn it where you believe that about the character. And we just didn't, that takes character development, takes time. The we whole movie felt unearned. It did, yeah. When Also, there's no buildup. You're just thrust into the quantum realm immediately because of dumb kid Cassie's oversight that, hey, it's not her fault, by the way, because Janet is the dumb grandparent that never said anything. Well, I and also, they're launched in the quantum realm. I also think when you change an actor like Cassie, you can't just bank on the fact that we're going to embrace and accept that person as yeah. Cassie. Yeah. you got to make us like the kid more. Yes. Agreed. Or at least, like, I was, I was at least expecting some acknowledgement that her character had changed in like some toss away, funny throwaway line the way they do with Don Cheadle as, as a war machine. Um, but there was nothing. And I just, she was a really unlikable character and even actress. So I feel, I feel bad for what's her name. Um, the actress, (laughs) what's her name? Because, (laughs) yeah, you know, um, (laughs) because they just did, they didn't set her up for success. So you you can, there's all sorts of people who are really ripping her performance apart. And, and I feel for her because even if she did a great job, we'd still be complaining about her character. Because the writing was bad. Yeah. So it's like, like they just, they just didn't do, they didn't do her any favors. Yeah. She exists just for the growth of Scott Lang. Yeah. Yeah. That's my problem. That's it. Right. Yeah. You want there to be more agency for all these characters. But yeah. But that, that see that's the problem is because she's not, that's not the feel you get of her in the first two Ant Man films. No, like you love her. Like I, she was so endearing in the first one because she's a little kid too. But just like the exchanges she has with her dad, they're just so sweet and like she is what gets him to go and like try again and be Ant Man again, you know. And there's just, I mean, they try to recreate that in this one, but it just. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It like, just doesn't work. Hey, kiddo, let's get out of here. No, Dad, we should save these people too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. What kind so, of storytelling is so that? So there's this Gosh. really amazing scene in Ant-Man 2 where, do you remember, the, uh, it's at the very beginning of the movie where they're playing inside this amazing cardboard fort and house yeah, that he, yeah, he yeah, made. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of that, when when he gives her the trophy, um, world's greatest grandma. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and she's like talking about how she wishes uh, that, or she was saying that how he needs a partner, he needs somebody yeah. that could whatever. And you think that she's talking about hope, and then yeah. he's like, "Who is that?" And then and then he says something about like, "Oh well, you know, hope's really mad at me, or whatever." And she's like, "I'm not talking about hope. I'm talking about me. Like, I want to be your right, partner." Right, right. Like, I remember partner, that scene yeah. was just so sweet, and I was like, like, "This oh. is such an opportunity to pay that off." Yes, that it's actually not just about um, the father daughter dynamics of like, you know, I want you to stay out of trouble and I want you to be safe and stuff. But it's this idea that she can she's old enough now to be like, we can be partners like I can help you. Like, I wish yeah. there was more of, of that. Well, again, they try because they have that whole battle fight sequence where he's trying to teach her how to like do the what shrink enlarge punch. And she tries and funnily like just gets smacked down or hurts herself but it's just that's kind of the only moment we get that there's not much there i'm afraid that the greatest thing to come out of this movie is the actual book that he, <laughs> yes that which i Lane pre-ordered <laughs> i feel like that's gonna be awesome it's gonna be totally awesome there's no question about it i, I think, bet you that I movie's the gonna be i think the fake book is gonna be better than the movie yes yes <laughs> 
what I can't wait is that the book is supposed to apparently detail like what Paul was thinking during the battles. Not Paul Rudd. Yeah. What Scott Lang was thinking during like yeah, the battles yeah, yeah. and all that stuff, and I, I cannot wait to read that stuff. Well, because he's the he's the historian for the Avengers, right? Uh-huh, Selected uh-huh. historian mm-hmm. to recount the battle. Yeah. So okay, so I gotta ask you guys. You guys both gave this half stone for Theos connection. I am not seeing it. So tell me why. <laughs> I'll let you go first, Kevin. Mike, I, I said Mike, you go first. You're the youth pastor theologian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, justice, don't don't be a liar. Hey, if it's not convincing, I'm gonna tell you guys be, to lower your. Be scores. a good con- be a good communicator with your family. The only Theos connection that I think works from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie is. What does it mean to be a hero? That's the only thing I can think of. What does it actually mean to be a hero? So Cassie's point is that a hero is not just about the the superhero heroic stuff. Like it's great that the Avengers saved us, but being a hero or being good is also helping the little guys, right? And I think that's pretty consistent for her throughout the entire movie. And then you have Scott who's able to see that or is supposed to, I mean, that's the point, is that he's supposed to be able to agree with her. And so he um, joins her in helping to free um, these people from under Kang's rule. Um, And then in terms of Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Janet, Janet's character, um, the, I think that works for her character in the sense that you go from somebody who is um, ashamed of her past to really willing to confront um, the things that she's done and the things that she's gone through. I'm really reaching here, but, and I know I could just, I could been hear. Reaching. <laughs> <laughs> but go on. Uh, that's, that's about it. That's the only existential sort of thing that I can think of. All in right. Terms of, okay. Here, I am. Like, um, so, Alex, I'm sorry. I just saw that you sent in an article like three weeks ago after the movie came out for the YPT blog about Quantumania, and I'm just reading it now live on air for the first time. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. So in his article for for YPT, I think I'll, I'll post this just as a, a special article. Um, he, he brings out that the Gen Z's desire for justice and Cassie fighting for the little guy, um, Cassie fighting for social justice for those who have been displaced. Um, just because it's not happening to you doesn't mean it's not happening. And Cassie's, you know, kind of pushing for Scott to, to be more proactive instead of just resting on what he has done in the past. But to keep, yeah, but to keep fighting for the little guy. I think that's the best we got for... <laughs> for I mean, um, that's all there is. I think that's the best we got for the, for Theos Connections. Yeah. You guys take take your half stones away right there. <laughs> Just send those votes. So this is one more example of the more I think about this movie, the, the worse I like it. You want to change it, Mike? You want to give that a zero instead now? <laughs> I'm willing to exchange my half half star f- or half stone for the Theos connection and give it to the VFX artists who work give very it to hard the VFX guys. that we appreciate give it to the VFX so guys. <laughs> <laughs> so my score doesn't change but uh, where that half stone goes I am right, definitely we'll, we'll you know, I'm just going to leave mine where it is because it's not going to change our T3 overall score for the movie it, yeah. it, will yeah, it won't but hey I will say though doesn't that point to how important it is that storylines are consistent and that you actually have stories like good storytelling, I do think points to and gives us more things to talk about. But when a movie is this messy, there just isn't as much to say. And I think that's that's important to consider. Like good stories give you the ability to be able to say and share things about the actual story itself and pick out themes and stuff. Um which, you know, yeah. if I'm going to go for a Jesus juke here, uh, it's why we have these Bible stories that we can talk about and share for thousands of years. Uh, they're good stories. They have arcs that we can pull out themes from. Um, and I think uh, 
it's yeah and man's proof that you have to have a good story in order for us to have really good discussions about this stuff yeah i mean i i the only theos connection i can think is that in the negative that this has none because it's such a messy film and it just points to what like all the great storytellers who have been christians have said uh throughout history like you think about the tolkien lewis keller's even said this on on other about a storyteller but how all of the i mean tolkien's notorious for saying this that like all of the good stories that we have they are drawing from the revelation of the heavenly story the great story that that is being made true in in time um and so all of them point back to that and find their fulfillment in that in some way um and i think it's just like with any good art and you know storytelling crafting develop all of that all of that good art needs to happen in order for the truth of entity god's redeeming to be brought out um and i think that's that's just like another call back to like christians who are in the arts and in media and entertainment one of the ways that they do christian art is by doing good art you know um yeah. and, and not just making everything overtly christian but the more that they can reveal and the more that we see stories that reveal the truth of humanity and the depth of humanity and life and the world and the way it is and our hopes and dreams for the what we long for it to be all that gives us these avenues into talking about these themes and i think i think this is true just like christian or not like you know when you're talking with friends about good netflix shows that you're watching that's always something that comes up like when i'm talking with my dad like what are you watching these days and like the good ones come up and we'll talk about why it's good and it'll lead us into conversation about life and humanity uh in a way that allows some deep reflection yeah i took away my stone <laughs> <laughs> Through all of that. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> so you win, Clark. I took away my stone, too. I win! I took away my stone. Yeah. <laughs> the VFX artists definitely deserve more credit. <laughs> they do. Than uh, this messy storyline. Oh, they do. All right. Do. Can we have a palate cleanser and talk about... An actual yeah, good the story? Man okay. The Mandalorian. The because, Mandalorian yeah. season three. Okay. I, man, so we... Mando, the, the first episode just dropped last week at the time of this recording. And I had two thoughts. My first was like, oh my gosh, finally something good to watch. <laughs> and then my second thought was, Pedro Pascal is single-handedly saving television right now. Because <laughs> he's in the only two shows I'm watching right now. And that's The Last of Us and The Mandalorian. And I, I just think it's hilarious. Like, he's the only good thing on television right now. Uh... What a what a palate cleanser indeed. Um, the first two episodes have dropped and they're so good, they're so good and unexpected. I actually thought, I mean, spoiler alert for the second episode, but I actually thought that what happens in the second episode was going to be the entire arc for the season. I did too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. right. Yeah, I so was the fact shocked. that yeah, so the fact that the second episode like, just I don't takes know care where it's of going all now. that yeah, exactly, it and it's so exciting. It's like now wow. What is going to happen now? Yeah. Like, this yeah. was my complaint, yeah. as you remember, from the entire first season. was like, it, took too it long, was right. so slow. It was, it was like, a slow nothing no, happened. It's not slow. It's character development. It's why you care now because of all those episodes. I, I will agree with that. Man. Yeah, man. Possibly, <laughs> but I'm glad that they're not having to do that character development. Yeah. Because we have it now. We have two seasons under our belt. Yeah. yeah. But, man, this season is so refreshing and i love that grogu is like his own character now and that it doesn't feel weird to call him grogu instead of baby yoda yeah that, like he's not baby yoda anymore he's grogu and he's he has his own character Deal he with has it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i love yeah. i love i love that yeah me too i love yeah. that the mandalorian needs friends like that's such a like he's not this invincible warrior. Yeah, he makes dumb yeah. decisions and does dumb things, and he does need saving. And speaking of which, Bo-Katan, so cool, <laughs> so cool. Yes, they did her so justice. cool. Did you also that think that she was just gonna like take out a cannon and shoot him out of the sky, or like blow him up <laughs> as soon as he landed? And then it was like, 
Oh, it's Grogu. It's Grogu. Yeah. <laughs> what do you need, buddy? Yeah. What do you need, buddy? Anything you need. Yeah. Yeah. I uh-huh. was about to. Grogu. I was about uh-huh. to kill Mando, but <laughs> it's Grogu. Grogu. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you want me to save him? Okay. Yes, Grogu. Oh, your dad's in danger. Okay. I yeah, hate him, yeah. but yeah, let's go. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. And well, so just to speak to something too, like what we just said, they had the character development for two seasons, so they can kind of progress the plot a little bit more. But they're not throwing out the character development no. either. Like you're still seeing Mando as we got to know him in all the ways he's grown, but he's also continuing to develop as he's even those exchanges with Bo Katan about the creed and like right. we don't have that creed. Who are who we? Are we? Scattered. Yeah. Like uh-huh. there's just so much that's there in lines like that that like you have Ant Man by contrast. Like yes, arguably we've had multiple movies to see him and his crew, his family develop, but it just feels like they ignore all of that um and and that was my same gripe with thor uh it just feels like it's like a reset button almost yeah um, whereas mando it's like this is mando this is grogu and they're continuing on with the paths that we left off with them i'm 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 very curious about the whole religious skeptic versus believer idea yeah, that seems to be developing for uh, sure uh it's gonna Bo-Katan's be good gonna become a believer <laughs> <laughs> they saw the mythosaur <laughs> That was cr- I was shocked at the end. I was like, "No freaking way! This is gonna be great." Yeah, I had to watch it again at night though because I could not tell what was going on during the day. I was like, "I know she saw the super dark, but I didn't see it." Yeah, super dark. <laughs> but but such a contrast, so fun, so endearing, so just like cool. Uh, when she pulls out, wields the dark saber like it's nothing after Mando mm-hmm. struggles to fight mm-hmm. three grunts with it. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. I wasn't well, sure if she was going to give him the light sa- the the dark saber back. What, uh, did she? Yeah, yeah, she gave it back. Yeah. Oh, she gave it back. Yeah. Right, right, right. That's I mean, it's right. already been established that she won't take it unless she can win it in battle. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. But yeah. for for that moment where he, I mean, he was disarmed. You know, he just kept it. He he was disarmed by that crab thing, whatever. So she could have kept it. Technically speaking, he he was disarmed. It was there. (laughs) Well, and she wielded it with so much skill. Like that was. She killed the thing that disarmed him. So technically, it's is it hers now? That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I think technically it could be hers, but if they don't do that, I I get it. I love that moment when he gets sucked under the water and she just no hesitation just dives in. I was like, dude, that that like little character thing of her not hesitating and just diving in. I was like, that is great. That is Yeah. My thought was saying like, wow, what what must be going through her head? I just saved this idiot and I have to save him again. I know. I know, right? I was thinking, why is this lake so deep? They really, need, they really need to put some warning signs. <laughs> I was just thinking, yes, immersion baptism. Baptism <laughs> by immersion. So much there to discuss, by the way. As opposed to in the first episode where it was just pouring, right? Yep. yep. That's but, right. But the uh, rededication. But yes, the... The redemption baptism is is, is a deep, deep, deep oh. immersion. <laughs> very, so do all Mandalorians go through confirmation? <laughs> oh gosh, they're covenant children of the Watch. <laughs> oh, man. We'll see. I mean, Bo-Katan may want to rededicate her life. We'll see what the ceremony looks like. We'll see. Yeah, but man, I'm excited for where it's going. I'm I'm just happy we have something good and well thought through and written to uh watch now that we haven't had for a long time from the mcu i also would recommend the indian movie rrr clark i know you've seen it i know mike hasn't seen it yet i have seen it yep they're up for academy award for best song for best song yeah best song yeah Yeah. which i can't i can't wait to to see what they do because that that song is the bomb <clears throat> hey, Top Gun also is up for an Oscar for Top Best Gun Picture, baby, by the way. Best Picture. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mike, score, Mike hates it even more now. <laughs> yep. And everything, everywhere, all at once. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. And sweeping awards everywhere, left and right. That had better win. I still haven't finished that. Well, you got traumatized because you saw it next I, to... You yeah. saw it in a public space. Yeah, I... I yeah. True. <laughs> 
I was watching like, it on the airplane, and then yeah. there was a certain fight scene with oh, a yeah. uh, weapon, and I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, there is that. I was like, and I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to chat more about Mando, maybe have another episode to talk about our uh, reactions from the Academies this coming up soon, whenever this episode drops we may have already any happened. promises <laughs> <laughs> no promises but um we're looking forward to to seeing where things go and hopefully they look up with guardians of the galaxy come may hopefully i know my expectations I, I'm, are I'm like much lower yeah, I, I for low guardians uh-huh that that might be helpful for us though maybe i think i'm more excited about the super mario brothers movie than i am about guardians <laughs> can we talk about how stupid oh. that fast and furious trailer was because it was like ten a ten minute long trailer. <laughs> what? No, how dare you? These dare... movie trailers. Like, what the heck? How okay? dare you? Like, I don't want to watch it anyway, but I feel <laughs> like I you? just did against my will. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna wrap us up here before, before we Kevin go off reaches the rails. there and kills me. Yes. We we're, we're grateful that you tuned into this episode of Thanos and Theos. Uh, let us know what you thought about Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Maybe we got it wrong, or uh, if you liked it, maybe you're just wrong because the rest of the world hates it. But check us out on our Twitter, Instagram at Thanos Theos, or email us with any questions ThanosTheos at gmail.com. And again, for more Grace Field Gospel Center Bible saturated resources, go to RootedMinistry.com. Thanks, guys. Keep washing your hands. Ooh, one thing we didn't talk about: Modok dying as an Avenger was the best part of the movie. <laughs> Oh yeah, I I didn't understand though. How does he know about the Avengers when they're down in the quantum realm? No, the Avengers first movie happens before the first Ant Man movie, so he would have known about the Avengers because they would have saved yeah, New but York. How, but how oh, would he true, have known true. anything else? How would he yeah, know that Ant Man was realm. an Avenger? Yeah, that's true. Unless because he was in the quantum realm the whole time. He was yeah, in the quantum true. realm the whole time. That's what I was like, know? that's another plot hole. Yeah, oh gosh. What but time works differently in the quantum realm, guys. What? But apparently it doesn't. <laughs> it works differently when you want it to. But come it's on, that that scene when he dies was the best. That was the best part. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Thanos to Theos, part of the Rooted Network family of podcasts. For more resources designed to equip and encourage you to faithfully disciple students towards lifelong faith in Jesus Christ, be sure to find Rooted on the web at www.rootedministry.com.